G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Recent news reports, of course, and uh, here on 2020, we were discussing the International Fleet Review, 100 years since the Royal Australian Navy's first fleet ships sailed into the harbour at Sydney. A big world spectacle with all the eyes on Sydney for something other than a sporting event. Now, we've seen a lot of the news and uh, watched the lights spectacular and watching the sailors march through the city of Sydney, but behind the scenes, you may not have realised that there was a, a hard-working Christian organisation that was ministering to the sailors, both the Australian and international sailors. Ken Matthews is Chief Commissioner with Everyman's Welfare Service, and he joins me now. Ken, great to talk to you. Hi, Matt. How are you going? Doing well. And uh, it sounds like Everyman's has been uh, very busy over the last couple of weeks with the uh, influx of sailors into Sydney. Oh, absolutely, uh, Matt. We had a few days there where we had our van out, we had uh, Bibles out, we had tracts out. We had our little uh, Everyman's Welfare Service daily Bible readings, uh, daily breads out as well. And we met people from all nations, so it was a great time. Well, Ken, let's uh, wind back a little bit. Now, I've got to admit, I don't know a lot about Everyman's. Uh, The first I really heard of you guys was when I was uh, just... uh come across an article on another Christian news website talking about the fact that uh, you were involved with the International Fleet Review. So take us back in time. Who is Everyman's and where did it all start? Okay. Well, the Everyman's and Everywoman's Hut started back in 1940 uh, on the army camps and uh, also uh, on uh, Air Force establishments as well. And uh, it was a reaction, of course, to the World War II. Uh, People were going overseas and uh, whilst the chaplains were doing great ministry there, there was areas of ministry which they didn't normally have the time or the resources to do. And so Every Man's Welfare Service, the Every Man's and Every Woman's Huts, as we call them, came into being. And that was just a place, a drug and alcohol-free place, where uh, young men and women could come. They could play a game of cards, play a game of darts, shoot a bit of pool or whatever the case may be. But at the same time, do that uh, in a Christian environment. Uh, we'd have our Every Man's and Every Woman's reps there, and we'd have uh, tracts and Bibles. And, of course, in those early days, we had many opportunities to share uh, the love of the Lord with many people who are, may not, you know, may not have been coming home, and Bibles were given out, tracts were given out, people were prayed for. Uh, in those days, Bible studies were held as well uh, within the huts in certain in certain occasions, and we sought to encourage uh, each uh, member of the ADF in that way. Okay, and how has that ministry continued since 1940? Well, look, Matt, the ministry in the the huts is much the same. Uh, this day and age, we might have. Uh, Xbox 360s, and we might have big widescreen TVs and that sort of thing. But really, the essential needs are still there. Uh, we're there for uh, a listening ear, uh, someone who they can come to where they don't have to make an appointment. They can just roll up and just shoot a bit of pool and uh, pop around and see the every man or every woman and just uh, share some of their needs and their hurts. And uh, that certainly continues to this day. And there are opportunities when we can pray with them. Oftentimes, I've asked the people, Kenny, you know, do you mind if I pray with you, even unchurched people? And nine times out of ten, they'll say yes. And we have great opportunities to, to introduce them to the, the whole hope of Jesus, the whole hope of a God who loves and cares. And uh, we continue that ministry to this day. And now, what we also have now, of course, is what we call the brew truck. And the brew truck is uh, a truck that's got all sorts of goodies on it with tea and coffee, but, you know, uh, soft drinks and chocolates and chips. 
And we take those out to uh, training areas that are very remote. And that way we can offer the, the uh, whoever's out there, ADF personnel, just a, a kind word. Uh, we can offer them something to eat and drink. We can offer to do things for them they can't normally do. If they can't get off the training area, we can go in and make a phone call for them. And look, there's been many occasions where our guys have been able to sit down on a log in the bush and just share the love of the Lord with a, a soldier, just one-on-one. Uh, so that's very much that what our ministry is like. Now, does every man's work across all areas of the Defence Force? You were mentioning there that uh, you know you got the Army Huts and you started an Air Force, and yes. obviously you had a bit of involvement with uh, sailors coming into Sydney Harbour. So it sounds like you you do work right across the uh, the three services of the Australian Defence Force. Well, absolutely. We have a special defence instruction which allows us to work within the Defence Force, which, with, which we've acquired over the years, of course. Uh, we have a presence at HMAS Cuttable, which is the uh, wonderful folk who did the uh, IFR uh, are uh, actually part of that. Uh, we have uh, some folk also up at RAF Base Amberley, and about five or six other uh, bases, all Army bases, are the other ones we worked on. But we certainly do have a mandate to uh, minister to the ADF generally, and... Uh, as we trust in the Lord for more people and more workers, we hope that we can expand that. With the work that every man does, uh, how do you go about doing it? I mean, you've mentioned there a little bit of uh, the aspects of what you do, yes. but how do you actually manage to do it? What sort of people do you get involved in the ministry and, and what ways are you able to work within the life of the ADF? Obviously, it's not an easy environment to work in. There are a lot no. of, uh, I guess you could say, rules and regulations that have to be adhered to. So how does every man's uh, work through that? Basically, we look for people who have a heart for evangelism and of course the first question I ask someone who comes in to the ministry is has the Lord called you to it have you got a real fire in your belly to uh, share the love of Christ in an evangelistic sense to the ADF and uh, so whilst a lot of what we do is welfare uh, our ultimate aim is to share the love of the Lord and I suppose that's the specific emphasis that, that every man's has uh, even though we do pastoral work and welfare work uh, our desire is to uh, to get to that person for the first time who hasn't heard the word of the Lord and uh, share that with them now, as I say, we've got a defence instruction, which is uh, there because of all the hard work of our, our four forebears have done over the years. Um, the defence instruction allows us to set up recreation centres on base and uh, encourages the soldiers to come along. So the, the ADF's pretty keen on what we do. Uh, they support us in that respect. And uh, the big way of doing ministry within this, this uh, context is really starting off with friendship, just uh, going up and saying, hey, you know, hey, mate, how are you going? Where are you from? You know, tell me what you like doing. And uh, a lot of the time, nine times out of ten, it starts off with getting to know people, conversations. And, of course, in our centres, we make it pretty clear we're Christian. We have Christian posters up. We have Bibles out and all that sort of thing. And, and where we get opportunity, we do a brief. And so uh, the people in the ADF know pretty much, hopefully, from the start who we are. And uh, then uh, as we form those friendships, you'll find you'll, you'll be amazed uh, how any, well, I guess anyone in Friendship Evangelism Ministry knows how, uh, how quickly and how spontaneously sometimes a need opens up. And, of course, we do our best to sort of uh, not only address that need, but to, sure, to share with them the ultimate healer in Jesus. Mm. And it seems that uh, you also have, a, just looking through some of the things that you've got on your website, that uh, you do a lot of work within the initial stages of being involved with the Australian Defence Force. You, you're targeting, at times, yes. uh, recruits who are just coming in and maybe finding it a little bit difficult to adjust. Would that be part yes. of what every man's is able to do? Oh, absolutely. We've had our presence at Kapuka uh, since about 1951, I think. Uh, I think it's been on and off a little bit uh, over the years, but uh, since about 1951, we've been there. And uh, the ministry up there at Kapuka is amazing because uh, you can imagine someone who's just joined the Defence Force. They come in, they get their hair cut, they all wear the same uniform, they get all their electronic devices taken off them. And yes, it's a harsh environment. And, uh, but that's uh, part of what they need to do to sort of uh, get them focused as uh, soldiers. 
But during that time, we have uh, opportunity to open the centre for them. We've got a recreation centre up there at Kapuka. Uh, they come in, and uh, in some sense, there's a very real sense of need felt keenly by many at that time. And uh, in that context, we're able to really sit down and get alongside them. And people are thinking about life and they're thinking about where they're going. And uh, but, uh, most importantly, we uh, get the opportunity just to talk about Christ and also set a foundation so that when these young men and women come in and they join up, in the ADF, as they go on, and, and some of them will go on to be officers, and some of them will go on to move up the ranks. They'll remember those days, every man's, and remember that there were some, just a few, uh, along with the chaplains and others, some, some of God's people there looking after them and caring for them, and that's something we really like to foster. And I guess you, you'd work in tandem with the chaplains too, you know, working with them to, uh, I guess, help their ministry as, as much as they would be able to help yours. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I say to all my reps, and I, as I continue to say to myself, the first, uh, virtually the first person you need to see when you go on a new base is go and introduce yourself to the chaplain. And look, I've worked in this, uh, in this ministry for 15 years. I've uh, always found the chaplains helpful and cooperative and willing to um, uh, help us as, what, uh, as much as they can. But of course, we want to help them. We want to be able to say to the chaplain, look, uh, there's another set of eyes and ears here for you. And uh, whilst we don't do in-depth counselling or formal counselling or anything like that, because we normally pass that on to the chaplain. Nonetheless, we're a sounding board out there. If the chaplains are busy doing the things that the many things they do have to do, we can uh, be out there just chatting with people, uh, you know, just getting a feel for what's going on out there. We might uh, jump in, uh, bump into private blogs who's, uh, we, you know, we might really get a bit of a feeling that there's a problem there. So we'll go and sit down with the chaplaincy and we'll say, look, uh, you know, there's, there might be a little bit of an issue with this young man here. Just want to share that with you. And so that, that partnership, which has gone on since 1940, is absolutely vital. Uh, and does help ministry, Christian ministry, to expand and be more effective in the Defence Force. And you find that, uh, despite the fact that, as you said, you're talking to a lot of unchurched people, people who um, just looking for a, for a time out and come to the everyman's huts, uh, do you find that you also come across a lot of church people, a lot of people who are strong in their Christian faith, who are looking for a, an oasis in amongst what can at times be a, quite a harsh environment for those who are... Um, passionate about joining the Australian Defence Forces, but balancing that with how they understand that within their beliefs? Oh, absolutely. And uh, in fact, uh, here we've got uh, a group of uh, young people who come along, uh, use this uh, part of this uh, Everyman Centre we have here uh, as Bible studies. Uh, we have a partnership not only with the chaplains, but great ministries like Focus Ministries and Solid Rock Ministries, or other ministries actually within the ADF, which I really like to commend and uphold. Um, they uh, come along here and they, uh, they can conduct Bible studies with Christians who are here. And that's very important for them because it's a harsh, uh, sometimes it's going to be harsh and difficult and, and, and busy um, life for uh, the soldiers and sailors and airmen and women in, in our Defence Force. And they don't get a lot of time out. Um, and uh, just those little areas where they know they can come, receive some teaching from the Word, come into the every man's and every woman's uh, rec centres and just pick up a Bible, have a chat or a coffee. That's vital to helping them in their walk and their faith. Chief Commissioner Ken Matthews is our guest. He's the Chief Commissioner of the Everyman's Welfare Service. Now, all eyes were on Sydney recently for the International Fleet Review with the Royal Australian Navy. And in amongst it, on the background, uh, talking to the sailors and just uh, wandering alongside them, were representatives from the Everyman's Ministry. Ken, tell us a little bit about your involvement with the International Fleet Review. I, I know you had plans there to uh, hand out some Bibles to uh, the variety of sailors that were coming into the harbour on Sydney for the Fleet Review from all around the world. How did it actually uh, work out for you in the end? Well, it worked out wonderfully, Matt. We had our team leader there, Chris Wainwright, and uh, Chris has, uh, has led a great uh, ministry there. Uh, Chris was able to get uh, permission through the help of the chaplains, I might say. Uh, we were able to do this only because we're in partnership with the uh, Navy chaplains who did a wonderful job uh, paving the way for us. 
we're able to set up a uh, Everyman's brew, uh, brew van just on uh, on the near the foreshores there uh, at the actual fleet review itself. And uh, we had all the goodies on board, you know, uh, you know icy poles and, and uh, muesli bars and, and drinks and all sorts of wonderful things. Uh, but also we had uh, our, our Everyman's Daily Bread readings. We had um, the Bible supplied, the wonderful uh, Defence Force Bible supplied by the Bible Society. And uh, the Bible Society have done a tremendous job. And I mean a really tremendous job in supplying those Bibles for us. They uh, need to be utterly commended for the wonderful work they've done. Anyway, we set up there at the uh, foreshore and it was amazing, the people we met and the Bibles we gave out. Mm. So when you look at uh, the activities that happened within Sydney, what can you tell us about what it was like from the inside, you know, wandering alongside uh, some of the sailors from all around the world? What sort of reactions had you had from people who, who perhaps hadn't encountered you before, you know, some of the uh, international sailors that were yeah. visiting? The reaction was quite amazing, I think, uh, particularly of a Nigerian captain who came in and his captain, his exo, and dozens of officers uh, looked at what we were uh, offering and they immediately requested Bibles. Um, they wanted some supplies of Bibles. They wanted uh, supplies of our daily bread. Um, there was a real hunger for the Word of God in that place. And, uh, and not just amongst the, the Nigerians, of course, but amongst the Aussies as well, but the Nigerians in, in particular uh, was wonderful. And uh, we were able to give away so many Bibles that we ran out of Bibles, in fact. We actually ran out of Bibles towards the end. Um, but it was a real joy to be able to say to this captain, here's the not only the Word of God in Bible form, but also the daily bread, so they can open the daily breads and they can read the day, a daily reading each day. And uh, it was a great, I suppose in some sense, it was a, it was a great uh, a memento of Australia as well, because uh, the Bible Society Bibles have the Australian camouflage pattern on the front, and our little daily breads also have that Australian camouflage uh, uniform pattern on the front as well. So it was a wonderful gift to not only be able to give away the, 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 you know, the physical food, but to be able to give away the spiritual food at the same time. Mm. Uh, truly a joy. So uh, tell us a little bit more about Sydney Harbour. What does your ministry look like uh, during something as big as this? You, you've mentioned the brew trucks and the giving out of the Bibles. Uh, can you paint us a little bit more of a detailed picture as to what people may have encountered when they first see the Everyman's Ministries? Well, I think when they uh, first see the Everyman's Ministry there, the first thing they see is a chance for you know, a drink or something like that. Um, but uh, as I've spoken to people from time to time, and certainly as Chris down in Sydney just recently, people are uh, quite inquisitive. Uh, they're quite amazed. Now, you might get some who, uh, who uh, sort of say, oh, yeah, very, uh, very quickly they seem to be satisfied with who you are and move on for whatever reason. But uh, what you do see on the ground is a lot of curiosity. I think there's uh, people out there who uh, in this, uh, you might say, this, this post-Christian era who really aren't sure who we are as Christians, but they still like to ask questions. They still like to inquire. They might have a difference of opinion, but uh, what we find is a, um, is a, real, uh, a real desire to uh, see something different. Um, and uh, they see that in, in something perhaps uh, like the church they haven't recognised before. Were every man's involved in uh, some of the behind-the-scenes work for the uh, the people coming to see the boats and uh, the big parade that happened uh, through the streets of Sydney? Oh, not so much behind-the-scenes, Matt. I think we basically uh, uh, just uh, walked, worked in with the chaplains. Uh, we did uh, work in with them to decide where we'd be set up and how, uh, you know, a good place where people would see us and get the benefit of, of uh, picking up uh, scriptures and things like that. Uh, then we were assigned that spot uh, at the wharf. So uh, there, there is some behind-the-scenes stuff. The behind-the-scenes, uh, uh, I guess, uh, organisation really once again points to our um, relationship with chap uh, chaplaincy, the Navy chaplaincy. And uh, there's a lot of stuff happens behind the scenes in, uh, in us working together, in us building relationships with our everyman's reps and with uh, different chaplains, so that when uh, occasions like this come up, uh, we can uh, really be set to go. It's not that hard to sort of uh, find a place for the Everyman's Welfare Service van and then we can set up. 
Um, I think it points to the real importance of the body of Christ and of, of us as, as believers, even though we might be of uh, separate uh, organisations in one sense, to see that we're working together in that. So were you able actually to uh, get out and, and see some of the, the ships uh, outside of doing the work that every man's were doing? Were some of your representatives or, or even you yourself, Ken, able to get out into the, the harbour and, and visit some of the, the boats that had come in from different places, especially the tall ships? Uh, that's one of the sacrifices we make sometimes, Matt. No, there was, uh, there, there was so, the, the, the work was so busy that uh, we didn't get much time, or the, the team there didn't get much time to, to get out at all, um, which is a little bit of a shame in one sense. But uh, the good thing about the Defence Force is uh, oftentimes you get to do opportunities to do other things anyway uh, in the normal run of things. Um, for example, uh, some years ago they uh, uh, asked me to um, uh, go out and have a look at uh, an armoured personnel carrier and the next minute I'm sitting in the cockpit driving it. So yeah, <laughs> we have that, that, that great blessing. Uh, Chris Wainwright there has uh, certainly built a great relationship with the commanding officer, HMAS Cuttable, and uh, we're certainly anticipating in times uh, to come he will uh, get opportunity to, uh, uh, through the, uh, the sponsorship of the chaplains there, uh, we, we trust at least, and we, we think that's happening, to just get on board uh, ship and have a look around and meet the sailors and just see how things operate. So in one sense, yes, we miss out when we're doing our job in our ministry, but in another sense, we get even a greater blessing later on because we're uh, part and parcel of it. And because generally uh, it's appreciated uh, what, uh, what they're doing down there as well. Do you find when you're looking at people who are getting involved in the Everyman's Ministry, people who you may have encountered through defence circles who have been impacted by what the Everyman's Service has done for them and uh, has given them a passion to be able to do something in return for another one of their fellow ADF members? Oh, look, absolutely. We find that uh, we've met people who uh, we've uh, encountered. I know one particular soldier up at Kapuka many years ago who was thinking of throwing it in, and uh, the everyman went and sat with him, uh, actually said it was the everyman that got him through. Now, I know that's true of chaplains as well and other people who minister, but in this particular case, the everyman got me through, and uh, he's remained strong in the Lord ever since. Um, there's been occasions when we've had uh, those who've been in the Defence Force before who've, uh, who've discharged at some stage in their life and have come along even people, uh, you know, from way back in the Vietnam era almost, you know, have come along and said, look, uh, uh, in the intervening time I've become a Christian. I knew what, I now understand what you guys are about all those years ago. And look, I'd love to be able to help. And uh, so uh, we have that as well. So, you know, we're, we're generally sowing seeds in that respect into people's lives no matter what we do. And uh, as long as we're doing it uh, in, an, in, you know, in step with the Lord's will and purpose, it's amazing the results you see. How do you envision being able to keep doing what you do? You've been around since 1940. Uh, do you ever find at times that uh, you wish there wasn't a need for the Everyman's Welfare Service? Well, I think as I look at the only, the only time when there won't be a need for the Everyman's Service is when the Lord comes back. <laughs> I've read some of the old, uh, old uh, bulletins from the 1940s. I've had the privilege to do that, and I find the human need is much the same. Uh, there's, there's problems with alcoholism, there's problems with relationship breakdown and all that sort of thing. And, uh, of course, in a, in a perfect world, you know, we won't, wouldn't need something like every man's because, you know, people will be living in harmony with the Lord and in his will and purpose and that sort of thing. Uh, look, there'll always be a need for us around. Um, I think, uh, particularly in this day and age, uh, again, the post-church generation or post-Christian generation, as some call it, I think there's a great need for people to understand there's hope. Um, uh, a lot of people, they don't see that. They don't see anything particular to hope in. And the concept of, of Jesus and, and, and the Lord is, is not... Uh, one that's uh, commonly understood by the younger generation because they haven't been going to Sunday school, haven't been going to church and haven't been seeing those things. So I see in the coming generation, even though uh, people aren't attending church that much, a great opportunity for people in evangelistic work to, uh, to, uh, to retell, I guess, the story of, of Jesus 
and uh, but we'll be telling it to, to fresh ears, to people who haven't heard anything like it before. So I think it's it's uh, it's a great encouragement, and that's how we want to encourage ourselves. We um, we certainly uh, are always running on a shoestring budget, <laughs> um, but uh, you know we can encourage people to pray for us, uh, both for resources and for people. That would be great. Mm. Well, Ken, it's a great ministry to be able to. Uh offer refreshments, to offer chips and lollies to people, a brew, alongside the great gospel message of people uh, serving alongside them, um, serving in the Australian Defence Forces. And uh, as we've seen recently with the International Fleet Review, reaching out to uh, overseas visitors from different militaries across the world. Yes. Well, uh, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about who Everyman's Welfare Service are and uh, many blessings on your ministry as you continue on. Okay, thanks, Matt. God bless. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.